But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Revelation 21.8 Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week is part two of our afterlife suite of episodes where we're going to be talking about heaven and hell. Yes, just like last episode, the first of the three of this series, this is a whole series dedicated to a very loyal listener, Alexandria Lake, based in the UK. Shouts out. Shouts out. Her awesome fiance, Neil, actually got in touch with us about doing a special dedication episode for her birthday and chose the topic of the afterlife. So this is part two of that, part two of three nice so yet again happy birthday alexandria happy (laughs) birthday it's now after your birthday but still happy late birthday yeah so heaven and hell and no this episode is not about the black sabbath album (laughs) (laughs) is that is that a black sabbath album yeah i didn't actually know that until i googled it and everything (laughs) that came up was album by black Uh, sabbath and i was like somebody who's listening right now is so mad that i didn't know that (laughs) yeah I mean, yeah, I had no idea. But um, yeah, that's all that comes up if you just Google heaven and hell. But you have to like, heaven and hell concepts, heaven and hell religion. Yeah, then you get there. Damn. Yeah. So just like our first so series, part one of this series, if you did not listen, which you should, yeah. um, was all about reincarnation. But this is now heaven and hell. These are basically the two most common, I think sides that religions typically fall on when it comes to the afterlife right Um, exactly the third episode we'll do in the series will be basically any religion that has afterlife that doesn't quite fall into either of these and or just our general thoughts on the afterlife and right wrapping it up um but yeah i think similar to reincarnation probably most people have a basic concept of what heaven and hell are right in in general um Heaven, also known as the heavens, is okay. pretty commonplace among religions where, depending on the religion, and we're going to get into this, um, for some people, that's where gods and angels and spirits and venerated an- ancestors live. Um, some call it sort of the highest place, the holiest place, paradise. Yep. Um, it's generally depending on the religion can be accessible by mortals sometimes not but it's you know it's a good place to go this is where you go if you've done well in life if you've been moral if you've been good right um generally heaven is associated with up above Mm -hmm. as opposed to hell on the other hand which is an afterlife location where evil souls go dun 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 Um, Again, typically, not always, but a lot of religions, that's where you go if you done fucked up. Mm-hmm. And you usually you have to fuck up pretty up. bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Although, actually, sometimes you don't have to fuck up that bad. You just have to not yes. believe in God. Right. Well, I mean, serves you right for not believing in a God that existed thousands of years after you lived. 
So Exactly. Yeah. Now you're in hell. So kind of similar to the first episode, we're going to kind of go through various religions and talk about what their version of heaven and hell looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, before researching this, I really did not know how different these ideas would be. Um, Right. You know, you think it's going to be very similar across all of the spectrums. You think it's going to be more or less the same general story but it's really not um it's crazy how much it varies yeah even like you know okay so we grew up catholic going to catholic school so our sort of grounding in the idea of heaven and hell is very judeo-christian um and even within like the abrahamic religions i was surprised at how little i knew about like the jewish afterlife that existed before like the sort of um the whole concept of like a a heaven and hell kind of existed. I I had no idea that Judaism had a whole different concept of the underworld that was more similar to like the Greek concept of the underworld. Totally fascinating, but it's crazy how little you actually know about things until you start researching them, especially when it comes to religion. Yeah. And again, similar to the first episode, there is so much to dive into with this there. I mean, it's, And that's partly fascinating to me that you can kind of see what one religion's version of heaven and hell is. And you can kind of, within that research, go into everything about the religion and what else they believe and how it kind of fits in and what other philosophies or religions they were influenced by. You can kind of see these different philosophies and religions merging to kind of create new ones. So, like, we've only scratched the surface, as usual, and... Mm -hmm. I'm sure even there are religions that we didn't even get in our research that believe in a heaven and hell. So we, you know, as usual, we are only two people. We are hacks and frauds. Yeah. we Basically, that's usually how I feel. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, like, this is like 1% of what we could have done. Think of but, this I mean, as like in, you know. an appetizer. This is just to get you interested yeah. in the topic and then you can go dive in and do your own research. It's like a pretty heavy appetizer. It's like when you order like meatballs as an appetizer, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> It's so relatable. It's not like a light salad where you're like, oh, I'm still hungry. It's like an appetizer where you could finish it and be like, okay, I'm like pretty fucking full now. Like I'm good, like, yeah. You might be good after this, but you might, this might make you dive deeper. And this kind of goes on my ever growing and never ending list of topics that someday I will dive deeper into. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, yeah. It this was a perfect example of what you always talk about, how when you're diving into the Wikipedia rabbit hole and then there's yeah. so many links and you just keep doing like, oh, open a new tab, open a new yeah. tab. And then by the end of it, I have like 15 tabs that are vaguely yeah. related to hell or heaven. So many tabs. Yeah. Yeah. You can get so real deep. Tabs. So, and I really tried. I mean, this was actually a rare, and I, I tried to delve it down and this is still eight pages worth of Jesus. shit. I, I feel like I say that every episode though. Yeah. I mean, um, I have five pages and I'm wow. a notorious non note taker. I was going to say, you usually have like half a page. Yeah. I just dive in without, without an outline. <laughs> yeah. Great. It's just usually, especially now that we're doing this remotely, like mm-hmm. a lot of the episodes are like me talking and I see Gray like nodding, like, oh shit, like I didn't know that. <laughs> right. It's like, no, fuck. What's this cool. I'm here for? Yeah. All right, so we're going to start a little bit. So we also, I did not take care to make this like chronological order necessarily. I think it sort of is-ish, but you know, I'm not a history major. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, okay. The ancient Mesopotamians regarded the sky as a series of domes covering Ugh. the flat earth. Okay. Shit, don't so come flat after earth us. Fucking, <laughs> don't come after us, flat earthers. We don't want you here. Um, <laughs> is that too, too brutal? Damn. I mean. Damn. It's appropriate. Okay. You know what? If that's the only like crazy fringe thing you believe, then sure. You can hang out. I guess. Yeah. As long as you're not into QAnon. Yeah, if you believe in Flat Earth and QAnon and you were, like, cheering on the Capitol insurrection, then you can get fucked. Yep. Um, okay. So, yeah, usually they talked about three domes, but sometimes seven. Um, so, in ancient Near Eastern cultures in general, and Mesopotamia in particular, humans had little to no access to the divine realm. So, this was not mm-hmm. quite what we think of in the Christian world. Um heaven and earth were very separated by their nature. So humans could see and be affected by elements in the lower heaven, such as like the stars and storms and things like that. Mm. Um, But ordinary mortals could not go to heaven because it was the abode of the gods alone. Um, Makes sense. Which is kind of cool, I think. Um, So instead, after a person died, his or her soul went to Kur, K-U-R, a dark shadowy underworld located deep below the surface of the earth. This is... So cool. I told Nate this story, my husband, and not clarifying that for Gray, but for all of you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my husband, Nate. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I told him this story and he was not amused, but. So this is both flat earth as well as hollow earth theory. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Under the surface of the earth, there is this place called Kerr and inhabitants there were believed to continue, quote, a shadowy version of life on earth, which sounds real creepy to me. Yeah, it's um, terrifying. The only food or drink was dry dust. But yeah. family members of the deceased c- could pour libations for them. And again, I thought this was symbolic. They are literally pouring them into their grave via a clay pipe. Yeah, that's... Um, okay, what so, I had to think about when I was reading that story was that there was one guy, I'm assuming, who was like made up this story about how they can only eat dry dust in the underworld and was like let's make some clay pipes and put it down into their graves and he convinced enough people that that was logical and true that people started putting clay pipes into their graves yeah like that's crazy like that's such an elaborate strange story to tell people that people are like oh that makes sense yeah we should pour like wine down this hole onto their corpse so that they can drink in the afterlife yeah and that's sorry but that's bizarre like religion in a nutshell yeah right (laughs) like Enough yeah. people believed a story and were like, oh shit, I believe this. This is totally real. It's got to be Which, true. Again, I am not knocking religion and I love the concept of religion. I don't know mm-hmm. that I necessarily believe in anything in particular, but I love the idea. Mm. Um, yeah. So in their culture, it was ideal to have as many offspring as possible because you'd have more people to come and pour libations for you. Otherwise you'd just be down there eating dry dust all the time. Is this also where the whole idea of like pouring one out for your homies comes from? Do you think? You know what? I, that was the first thing I thought of. Sadly, <laughs> I was like, Oh man. Yeah. They're like literally, instead of just pouring it on the ground, they're like pouring it into the grave. Onto the um, face of their dead relative. <laughs> yeah. We're like, I shouldn't be laughing about this, but I guess there's no Mesopotamians alive now to hear this and be insulted. No. But I don't know. I definitely wondered, yeah, like where does the, the pipe end? Yeah, is it right over their face? So you're like, just pouring alcohol onto like their corpse's face. Yeah. And 
what happens to this body if there's like a lot of people coming frequently and pouring booze in there like what does that do to the corpse i don't know imagine what the smell coming from that clay pipe would be like too oof god just are bad, there like just a bad look mesopotamian teenagers that would like i dare you to smell that pipe <laughs> <laughs> and then vomit down the pipe <laughs> here's your libations uh, wow jesus we're starting this off real disrespectful <laughs> yes we are not <laughs> oh god we're going to hell this is what More happens when later. we record an episode like later in the day when we're like oh, all yeah. punchy and tired. I'm exhausted. Woo. Yeah. Anyways. For all of you listening, we usually record like Sunday morning and it is mm-hmm. Monday afternoon right now. So we mm-hmm. have both like had a full day. Oh, yeah. So we're a little loopy. Um, But yeah, I, I still think that's interesting, though. Like they, I don't know, kind of a interesting way for the living to connect with the dead, I think, and like do things for them even after they have passed. Yeah, um, it's actually kind of comforting, I'm sure, too. You're, like, still helping your ancestor after they're dead. You yeah. You go there and, like, you feel, like, a connection to them. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how long this would continue after. Like, if, for example, like, it was your kids that were coming, you know, to your grave. Like, did their kids come to your grave as well? Like, how many mm-hmm. generations would this go on? I, I think about that a lot with cemeteries nowadays, even, like... Right. You know, there's graves of people who died in the 1800s. Like, nobody is visiting that grave anymore. Right, exactly. So, hmm. but yeah, they also did not believe that there was a final judgment of the deceased. They didn't believe the dead were punished or rewarded for their deeds. Um, apparently, a person's quality of existence in the underworld was determined by his or her conditions of burial. Hmm. So, interesting. Kind of so you can, interesting. You can be a terrible and awful person but as long as you got a sweet grave you're good to go yeah good to go i don't know which i guess is kind of a bummer like that just means everybody goes to this underworld and nobody is doing anything cool Mm -hmm. in the afterlife because like even if you get some libations here and there you're probably still eating a bunch of dry dust right so much dry dust so much dry dust so yeah and then we've got um in the hebrew bible the universe is commonly divided into two realms, heaven and earth. Sometimes a third realm is added, either sea, water under the earth, or sometimes a vague land of the dead that is never really described hmm. in depth. Um, <clears throat> it mentioned that the structure of heaven itself is never fully described in the Hebrew Bible, but the fact that the Hebrew word, I'm not totally sure how to say this, samayim is hmm. plural, has been interpreted by scholars as an indication that the Ancient Israelites envisioned the heavens as having multiple layers, again, like the Mesopotamians. Um, right. And there are also verses, I guess, that use the phrase heaven of heavens. So kind yeah. of supports that. Um, yeah. So it's all just like one big, like, religious ecosystem where it's just like you have um, the Mesopotamian religions and the ancient Hebrew religions and the, um, the Zoroastrianism, the Zoroastrians, and they all just kind of like borrow and pick pieces of each religion and incorporate it into their own religion and it's kind of this weird mishmash of all yeah. the different religions it's gonna be it's a pretty fascinating theme. yeah to see what kind of sticks and yeah some come up with new things and some borrow old things and oh it's kind of cool right um yeah they also similar to the near eastern cultures again believe that heaven is a place that is inaccessible to humans I guess there are some prophets occasionally granted temporary visionary access, but 
they are only able to hear God's deliberations and learn nothing of what heaven is like. So classic God, classic God. I know. So yeah, heaven is not so much an afterlife destination for human beings who are there instead described as resting in Sheol, a place of darkness. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess in some of these instances, it's kind of interesting too. Like, I guess I just assumed if there was a belief in a heaven or a hell type of situation that they would believe that people went there that that was where you would go but that's not even always the case sometimes there is a heaven and that might be where some of these otherworldly beings reside but it doesn't mean that's where people go when they die Mm. like in a lot of these religions people just go somewhere kind of neutral until a lot of religions believe in some version of a judgment day which we'll get into Mm -hmm. a little bit more um so it's kind of just like everybody's just waiting in this waiting room of sorts like just chilling until they're judged and then they typically will go to a a heaven or hell um yeah but then during the period of the second temple the hebrew people lived under the rule of first the persian or arc oh my god (laughs) don't know how to say this oh man achaemenid empire i think that's pretty close yeah um achaemenid and then the Greek kingdoms of the Diadochi, Dochi, Dochi, man, Close terrible, enough. terrible. And finally, the Roman Empire and their culture was profoundly influenced by all of those. So during this period of the Second Temple, they inherited the idea that the human soul originates in the divine realm and seeks to return there, which is kind of similar mm-hmm. to what we talked about with reincarnation. Um, right. Basically, Earth is kind of a temporary abode in which the soul is tested to prove its worthiness. That kind of became more popular during the Hellenistic period of like the early 300s BC to 31 BC. And then gradually, some Hebrews began to adopt the idea of heaven as the eternal home of the righteous dead. So then Hmm. Sheol was the place of darkness to which the dead go. And during this time, it kind of shifted from like just a place where the dead go to stay to now a place where the wicked go to stay. So kind of cool to see even how that changed. Like initially it was like the heavens are there, but we don't go there. And then Sheol is just kind of this neutral waiting area to now. Right. There's this good place and this bad place that we go. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Just cool, man. Like every single religion, their version of heaven and hell, I was like, damn, that's fascinating. And they all make some sense. And and we'll start to see, even as we bounce around the different cultures and religions, there's a lot of things that, you know, maybe it's not repeating, but they definitely like rhyme between the different cultures. Like there's a lot of common themes. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of common themes. There really is. I I didn't really see too much and maybe we'll get into it a little bit more in the third part of this, but there aren't really too many that I saw that had a wildly different version of the afterlife. It was all pretty similar in some way or another to other religions in, in at least one way. Um, so yeah, then we kind of go to Christianity, the one that we're most familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. So it talked about descriptions of heaven in the New Testament are more fully developed than those in the Old Testament, but are still pretty vague, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> God is described. Vague? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. Yeah, God is the ruler of heaven and earth, but his power over the earth is challenged by Satan, of course, who we'll talk about a little bit more mm-hmm. later. Um. There are sayings of Jesus recorded in various gospels that speak of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So 
Modern scholars believe the kingdom of God was an essential part of the teachings of the historical Jesus. So this was definitely a link that I clicked because I was like, what exactly is the historical Jesus? <laughs> um, basically, that for historians is the reconstruction of the life and teachings of Jesus by critical historical methods rather than more religious definitions. So essentially what I kind of believe and what is generally thought to be true is that Jesus did exist as a human. Right. He was a person he did lead people he did have these teachings and all this stuff but he wasn't necessarily the son of god type of right. situation if i'm not mistaken too jesus's name is on a death record or like an execution record from the roman yeah. empire so it's like yeah. he, there was an actual historical figure named jesus who was crucified yeah. in judea exactly there's a few like the fact that he was baptized by John the Baptist and the fact that he was mm-hmm. um, crucified, like those are two of the things that I think most historians <clears throat> agree that this historical Jesus did experience these things. Um, right. Everything else is kind of in question. But so, yeah, but in spite of this, the fact that this was an essential part of his teachings, none of the gospels ever record Jesus as having explained exactly what the phrase kingdom of God means exactly. Um, and they kind of interpret that, I think, as the most likely explanation is that the kingdom of God was a commonly understood concept that required no explanation. So it wasn't hmm. written out in detail, which like is crazy to think about that there could be things that we're writing about and talking about now that we just know so thoroughly and understand that we might not explain it so that people, yeah, like centuries in the future we'll read it and be like what the fuck were they talking about like what the hell does that phrase mean right what the hell is tiktok (laughs) not to go too far into the weeds on this topic but the whole idea of a digital dark age that if there's ever some kind of like electromagnetic pulse or something happens to our electricity so that there's no way to plug in computers in the future all of the information that we've built up over the last 20 30 40 years however long the digital revolution has been going on all of this information will be gone and yeah. this will just be like the dark ages and they'll be like, wow. So nothing was happening from like <laughs> 1970 to 2030 or whatever. Right. Oh so, man. Which is crazy. You know, if you were looking at it from as far in the future as we are looking at historical Jesus, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be so crazy to think that there were maybe 50, 60 years that not a whole lot happened, which right. That wouldn't be such a huge time that you'd be like, there had to have been crazy things. I mean, there were, but it wouldn't be such a massive blip that you'd be like, what the fuck? You'd just be like, right. oh, okay. Cool. Hmm. Which is, yeah, it's wild to think about. So, yeah. yeah, he was talking about the kingdom of God. We don't totally know. But um, Jews in Judea during the early first century believed that God reigns eternally in heaven, but many also believed that God would eventually establish his kingdom on earth as well. Um some of you who are more versed in the Christian religion might know the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, Oh man. Brings me back. Yeah, I know. As soon as I read that, I was like, woo (laughs) said that a few times. Um, so yeah, historical Jesus was, you know, teaching people to be expected to prepare for this coming of the kingdom of God by living moral lives. So, he kind of his followers, he wanted them to adopt these lifestyles of moral perfectionism. Um, that was talked about a lot. And he also taught that in the kingdom of heaven, there would be a reversal of roles in which, quote, the last will be first and the first will be last, hmm. which 
I read a little bit about more too, which wasn't talking so much about literal like riches or prestige necessarily, but kind of how much one was willing to give up to live that moral life. So the people most willing to give up and to kind of sacrifice to live a moral life would be first and those who weren't. So it wasn't, you know, if somebody had a lot of riches and had a lot of material things, that wasn't an automatic, you're going to be in last type of situation. It was just more of a internal thing, I guess. Hmm. So in traditional Christianity, heaven is considered a state or condition of existence rather than a place in the cosmos necessarily of, so this sentence tripped me out, the (laughs) supreme fulfillment of theosis in the beatific vision of the Godhead. And the Godhead is capitalized. And I was like, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So that was some link clicking as well. Um, Because that sounds like foreign language. Yes. So theosis is known as divinization, the transforming effect of divine grace or the spirit of God. Hmm. The beatific vision refers to the ultimate direct self-communication of God to the individual person. So a person possessing this reaches perfect salvation in its entirety, i.e. heaven. And then the Godhead refers to the divinity of substance of the Christian God. I'm still a little lost. (laughs) Yeah. Those words all make sense individually, but put together, you're like, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So in most forms of Christianity, heaven is also understood as the abode for the redeemed dead in the afterlife, usually a temporary stage before the resurrection of the dead and the saints return to the new earth. Hmm. Wild. That is wild. Yeah, super wild. And um, then we kind of go hell, the Christian doctrine of hell derives from passages in the New Testament. The Roman Catholic Church defines hell as a, quote, state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed. So one would find themselves in hell as the result of dying in mortal sin without repenting and accepting God's merciful love. So they're kind of choosing to separate themselves eternally from God by their own free choice. Hmm. Um, Which I guess I always wondered, like, what happens... I mean, I don't know. Is the assumption that you do something terrible and you repent soon enough after, like, what if you do a bunch of terrible shit and you, like, keep meaning to repent? It's, like, on your calendar and you don't, and then you die unexpectedly. Are you just going to hell? Yep. Now? Hey, I don't know. Until, until the... Oh, what was it? I think it might have been in the 1960s or 70s. The Pope declared that unbaptized babies get to go to heaven. But oh. in until like the 60s or 70s, if your baby died in childbirth or died before it had a chance to be baptized, then it went to hell because it was an unbaptized child. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. See, like things like that bum me out because as much as I may not believe that there is a hell, I do know that people who do believe strongly in that feel that there is mm-hmm. a hell and like the idea right. of your unborn baby or your <clears throat> just barely born baby being there would be awful for you. Oh, yeah. So the fact that there would be people kind of in charge in a religion like that that would be saying that is fucking terrible. One thing I learned in this research is that um, in Islam, that is not a thing. They believe that um, children are born completely innocent and if they die before being... I actually don't know if there's baptism in Islam. Hmm. I'm not sure either. Interesting. Yeah, or something like that. I don't know. Islam has always contended, though, that unbaptized or just born babies get to go to heaven so that's cool yeah take that christians i think it said like no matter what religion their parents are too 
mm-hmm. just they right. go in. Um, yeah, no, and there's Satan, also known as the devil or Lucifer. Mm-hmm. He is kind of identified as the serpent in the Garden of Eden. If you're familiar with that story, oh, yeah. um, Gray, I know you are, but oh listeners. yeah, um. He, I guess, played a pretty minimal role in Christian theology, but during the early modern period, his significance greatly increased as things like demonic possession and witchcraft became more prevalent, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. That is, um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The uh, the name itself, Satan, means adversary, and it is thought that he was expelled from heaven because he believed that he could or should be the equal of God. Hmm. And so rose up against God to take control of heaven and St. Michael was like, no, you don't. And they fought and Satan died or died. Wow. Lost. And was sent down to earth and to hell. And so obviously the general thought about Satan is that he's trying to kind of tempt all of us to do immoral things to like, you know, partake in the flesh Things like that. Gross. Why did I say that? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, in the flesh. Jesus. So, yeah. Basically, in the Roman Catholic Church and many other Christian churches such as Baptists and Episcopalians um, and some Greek Orthodox churches, hell is taught as the final destiny of those who have not been found worthy after the general resurrection and last judgment. So, FYI for listeners, the idea of a general or universal resurrection is found in various religions, but um, it's typically the belief that most or all people who have died will be brought back to life. So hmm. the the last judgment, also known as the day of reckoning or dun, dun, doomsday, dun. which I love doomsday. Um, doomsday. Rest in yeah. peace to MF Doom to anybody who knows the, oh, the yeah. greatest rapper of all time. Shit, man. He had, he had an album called Doomsday, which is why I thought of it. Yeah, Anyways. I was really sad to hear that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, he died back in October. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, The Last Judgment involves the second coming of Christ and is thought to be the final and infinite judgment by God. Um, But hmm. not all Christians believe this. I did not know this. The Seventh-day Adventist Church's official beliefs support annihilationism. Whoa. Oh. did not know that was a thing. The belief that those who are wicked will cease to exist. It That's basically fair. states that, yeah, after the final judgment, all unsaved human beings, all fallen angels, and Satan himself will be totally destroyed rather than suffering everlasting torment in hell. So That's merciful. Yeah, and there's several religions or sects of religions that believe in annihilationism, which is kind of hmm. fascinating. I'm into um, it. Yeah, similarly, Jehovah's Witnesses hold that the soul ceases to exist when the person dies, and therefore hell is a state of non-existence. Interesting. Yeah, that was another thing, like how the idea of hell isn't even necessarily like a place of torment, but it's just a place of like absence of God. And like that separation of being away from God is is the, the punishment or the thing that makes hell hell. Mm. And so I guess the idea if you are that religious, the idea is that just non-existence and therefore like non, non-proximity to God is hell. Yeah. Which, I mean, for me, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a huge punishment. Right. But, but people for whom that holds a lot of comfort and who are 
spending a decent portion. I mean, I try to think about the fact that there are very religious people who are spending a lot of time talking to God, getting, you know, guidance from God and all kinds of different emotional needs from God and believing that, yeah, that they're going to be with God someday. I guess, mm. yeah, the idea that you weren't going to anymore would be pretty huge. Um, <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teach that hell is a state between death and resurrection in which those spirits who did not repent while on earth must suffer for their own sins. So, hmm. again, pretty similar. I didn't yeah. really see what they believed in as far as heaven goes. There's definitely some instances where I wasn't really able to find a ton, and there were so many religions to look into that I was just like, shit, hmm. yeah, gotta right. move on. Um, yeah, we kind of move on to the Muslims. So, similar to Jewish traditions such as the Talmud, uh, the Quran the central religious text of Islam and the Hadith, what mm-hmm. Muslims believe to be a record of the words, actions, and the silent approval of the Islamic prophet Muhammad, frequently mention the existence of seven Samawat, meaning heaven, sky, or celestial sphere. Um, again, another idea where there's like kind of multiple, multiple heavens, multiple layers. Right. Um, so, hmm. but, Afterlife destination of the righteous is conceived in Islam as Jana, translated as paradise. The Quran says, The parable of the garden which the righteous are promised, beneath it flows rivers. Perpetual is the fruits thereof and the shade therein. Such hmm. is the end of the righteous, and the end of the unbelievers is the hellfire. Whoa. Shit. Hellfire. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they reject the concept of original sin this kind of Christian doctrine that humans inherit a tainted nature and sort of this proclivity to sin through the fact of birth. And like you said, they believe that all human beings are born pure. So children automatically go to paradise when they die. What a novel concept. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, it's paradise basically. I mean, it's kind of similar to what you'd think of heaven in a way. Um, It is described a lot in physical terms. It's a place where every wish is immediately fulfilled when asked you're super happy. There's no negative emotions. You wear costly apparel. There's banquets and couches with gold and precious stones and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting how like corporeal their concept of heaven is. Like it's very like if you were to, I don't know, like describe your ideal form of heaven, it's like a very specific one person's view of heaven, you know? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, like hmm. all of your loved ones are there. And again, Similar to most religions, the idea is that if your good we- good weeds, wow, good deeds outweigh <laughs> your sins, then you gain entry, and the more good deeds you perform, the higher the level of jhana one is directed to. So hmm. it's kind of a, I kind of like that concept too, in a way. I don't know. I guess like the better shit you do, the higher one you go to. So like if you're like pretty good, you go to like the right. bottom one, and you can just get better from there. Hmm. Um. But then there is also Jahannam, also referred to as Blazing Fire, the Abyss, and my favorite, the That Which Breaks to Pieces. Jesus. Love it. The counterpart to heaven and is likewise divided into seven layers, filled with blazing fire, boiling water, and a variety of other torments. So hmm. you're punished in Jahannam 
based on the degree of evil you have done during your life. So in the Quran, God declares that the fire of Jahannam is prepared for both mankind and jinn, which are supernatural creatures that seem like similar to like demons or spirits. Yeah. Um, and yeah, after the day of judgment, Jahannam is occupied by those who do not believe in God, those who have disobeyed his laws or rejected his messengers. Shit. Shit. Yeah. Does not sound like a cool place at all. Um, says medieval sources usually identified hell with the seven layers of the earth mentioned in the Quran inhabited by devils, harsh angels, scorpions, and serpents who torment the sinners. They, again, very corporeal, uh, thorny shrubs, seas filled with blood and fire and darkness only illuminated by flames. That's, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's good. That's a (laughs) good way to like, like the addition of scorpions for some reason is what like makes my skin crawl. Yeah. I mean, the whole like, like lake of fire thing is pretty pretty consistent across the different religions, but scorpions is unique to that conception of hell. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the the thorny shrubs. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Right. I'm not totally sure what a harsh angel is, but I'm into it. Hey, harsh angel. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> He's just super like <laughs> tells it like it is. Yeah. Like, dude, that shirt like, looks like shit on you. You look fat. <laughs> Like, wow, dude, that was harsh, man. It was harsh. He's like, yeah, I'm a harsh angel. That's, yeah, that's what, what I'm I here do. for. Uh, <laughs> oh, and there's also some sources mention a place of extreme cold at the bottom of hell called yeah. Zamharir, characterized by being unbearably cold with blizzards and ice. That almost sounds worse to me. I think that that's worse. That's it's sort worse. of the, because like, you know, entropy of the universe where it's like, you're just in a void of nothingness and there's no no energy even like at least fire is like active and you're like participating in it but cold is just like the absence of anything yeah and i feel like that would be far worse especially i hate being cold so Mm -hmm. yeah i think i could deal with the heat better like i'm imagining it just being like you're in the middle of a blizzard and you just can't find anything around you there's just nothing Mm -hmm to like nowhere really to lay or to like sit against there's like nothing to look at it's just fucking right snow swirling around you and just freezing bitter cold for eternity and you don't even get like the satisfaction of dying yeah yeah you don't yeah you don't even get to fucking die like you can't fall asleep or anything it's just you're just awake and cold forever no thank you that's terrible no, and so they also believe, this also comes up again, which is super cool. They believe that over hell, a narrow bridge called Aserat is spanned. So mm. on Judgment Day, you pass over this bridge to reach paradise, but those destined for hell will find it too narrow and fall. Ew. Ew. There's a lot of like poetic justice in people's conceptions of hell as well. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I don't know. That weirdly reminded me of a nightmare that I've had. A bunch hmm. where I actually haven't had it in a while. Huh. I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up again. Get Y'all ready. are seeing into my brain right now. But <laughs> yeah, I've had this recurring dream where I am driving or at least I'm just in a car and it's basically, yeah, it's like a bridge, but it like goes way up high and it's always just like a little too narrow and it is terrifying me because I'm just like, we're going to fall over the edge. Like, I hate the idea of driving on something where you're worried that like any little turn is going to send you over the fucking edge. Right. And 
especially like that where you're going like way up into the freaking sky and if your car goes over the edge you're gonna die yeah that's so stressful that dream and like several times in the dream i like the car does go over the edge and it's like that's when i wake up is like the feeling of the car going over and i like jolt awake like fuck i'm falling yep i hate it um (laughs) anyways that's what i imagine that bridge is like (laughs) so (laughs) there is also the ahmadiyya view it's an islamic revival movement originating in punjab british india in the late 19th century (laughs) um much of the imagery presented in the Quran regarding heaven and hell is thought in this view to be metaphorical. So, uh, according to the founder of this sect in Islam, the soul will give birth to another rarer entity and will resemble the life on this earth in the sense that this entity will bear a similar relationship to the soul as the soul bears relationship with the human existence on earth. Hmm. That's intense. It is intense. They're just like, you know what? No, you're not going to go to this like frosty hell your soul's actually going to give birth to give something birth. else. Ugh. It's very strange. Which is cool. It sounds cool. I'm I'm into it. Um. So, then we go to Chinese mythology. Ooh, sound here good? we go. This is shit that yeah. I don't even know about, or oh, that shit. I hadn't known about until this, till doing the research. Yeah, yeah I was I vaguely no familiar with everything we've talked about before. Like I had at least some grounding in it, but this was like totally a whole new. Oh yeah, a whole new world, or <laughs> oh. under a whole new underworld. Oh, nice! Boom, boom. Yeah, they um. So, heaven is a pretty key concept in Chinese mythology and religions. Um, on one end of the spectrum, it's a synonym of the Shangdi, supreme deity, and on mm. the other, naturalistic end, a synonym for nature and the sky, which is kind of cool. Mm. So. Yeah, the Chinese term for heaven, Tian, derives from the name of the supreme deity of the Zhao dynasty. Am I saying that right? Sure. Like Zhao? I don't know. Z-H-O-U. Which is the longest lasting dynasty in Chinese history following the Shang dynasty. The Zhao people attributed heaven with anthropomorphic attributes evidenced in the etymology of the Chinese character for heaven or sky, which originally depicted a person with a large cranium. Hmm. So... I kind of liked this idea. Heaven is affected by man's doings and having personality itself is happy or angry with them. Hmm. And it can also bless you. It can send calamities upon you if you offend it. Um, It's believed to transcend all other spirits and gods. Uh, Confucius asserted, quote, he who offends against heaven has none to whom he can pray. Wow. But like, that's like a totally different thing from anything we've read about so far, which is like heaven is like a being in itself right it's like just crazy weird so it's like a place but also a a like yeah it's like an anthropomorphized place yeah it's wild Which it's is... like it's something that's just so foreign to our like philosophy grounding yeah hmm. yeah it's it is the kind of deity itself rather than just containing a deity which is right real interesting um yeah other philosophers born around the time of confucius such as mozai took an even more theistic view of heaven believing that heaven is the divine ruler um 
You believe that spirits and minor gods exist, but their function is merely to carry out the will of heaven, watching for evildoers and punishing them. Kind of cool. Hmm. And then you've got Du, the realm of the dead or hell in Chinese mythology, depicted as a subterranean maze with various levels and chambers. Jesus. Which is yeah, terrifying. That'd be um, kind of cool if my like if you go to hell and it's you just have to like solve a maze. At least you'd have something to do. <laughs> you have something to do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're gonna have plenty to do when you're being tormented. Ayo. Ayo. Yeah, of course each kind of realm or chamber is for people to go to based on the sins that they committed when they were alive. Um, There's all kinds of different interpretations within these different Chinese religions and philosophies. So Mm. some talked about just like three or four courts. Others mentioned 10 courts of hell or 18 levels of hell. Um, And again, each with different punishments. So like there was a whole list of the various tortures. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah it gets pretty specific steamed, too. fried in oil cauldrons yeah being made to shed blood by climbing trees or mountains made of knives uh, jesus man drowning in a pool of filthy blood like i only picked my favorites too <laughs> and then on top of that you are tortured until you die and then you're restored back to your previous self so you can be tortured more oh that's like <laughs> Grace just like Gray just shorted out. <laughs> like like that's such a again, somebody came up with this. Like someone was yeah. like, yo, how what, what would be like the worst possible thing that we could do to like someone? Oh yeah. That's super fucked up. The list is very specific. Like I only just named like what five things. There had to be like twenty different tortures on that oh, list. Yeah. Yep. Um very specific. I don't really know which of these tortures go with which sins, but very, very specific. Um, so yeah, <laughs> like you get the satisfaction of dying and then you just are brought back and they just do it more. You're like, oh, thank God I'm dead. And then you wake back up and you're like, oh, God damn it. No, fuck. I gotta do that again. I have to climb on that knife mountain again. Yeah. Oh, that's probably like the worst. I think that, that might would, be the worst. That would suck actually. Like, cause you're like actively participating in it. You're not just like a passively having yeah. torture done to you. Right. You're not just being Ugh. boiled. Like you are stabbing yourself with knives just trying to climb a fucking tree made of knives that's the worst that gives like it literally puts a shiver down my spine man like yeah i didn't think too deeply about that until this moment but now i'm like (laughs) oh like just the thought of like everywhere you go to grab is another like set of knives oof yep i feel it's almost worse that you'd put your hand on like the actual blade of the knife rather than like the tip like i'm imagining Mm -hmm. just like huge like paper cuts Basically, but not Jesus. knife cuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, metal, not stabs, but like slices. Slices? Ugh. God. Yeah. I'm all set without that. Good. Yeah, that sucks. I really hope I don't do anything bad enough in life to deserve a tree of knives. <laughs> God. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's going up there with spooky boneless demon. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to think hard about which episode that was. That was totally the um, oh the the Axeman episode, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Spooky Bones Demon. Yeah, because I was, you know, confused like I usually am about how that guy fit in the door. <laughs> totally d- wouldn't make sense that he just unlock it. He just climbed through. Uh, Jesus anyways. Christ. Anyways, um, moving on to Buddhism. 
So mm. part of what I thought was interesting is that talking about Buddhism and we'll go into a few others that there are some sort of religions that kind of have a little bit of both of reincarnation and heaven and hell yeah together um didn't expect that it's probably one of those like kind of cross-pollination things as well where one religion folded in the other religions um tradition Mm -hmm. and kind of created the hybrid that's what i would assume yeah not a religious scholar but right (laughs) are you sure i mean you would totally make a great religious scholar maybe someday you know be kind of cool probably not no they believe there are several heavens all of which are part of samsara which is the beginningless cycle of repeated birth mundane existence and dying again um so if you accumulate good karma you could be reborn in one of them but your stay in heaven is not eternal eventually you will use up your good karma and will undergo rebirth into another realm as a human animal or other being um so again which we talked about this is why they aren't focused on getting to a specific place necessarily, but escaping that cycle mm. entirely. You're trying to reach right. enlightenment or nirvana, which is not a heaven as much as a mental state. So, um, and then, yeah, they teach about hell in pretty vivid detail. There are five or six realms of rebirth. And among those are hell realms or Naraka. So, mm rebirth in the hell realms is not permanent either but it can persist for eons worth of suffering before you're reborn again so jesus i'm I'm just curious how do you like because the idea is that you're you're moving up the ladder or whatever of existence Mm -hmm. how can you more virtuously be viciously tortured so that you move up to like the next realm like where's the where's the level of like virtue there or is it just like time spent suffering is that all Hmm. maybe Right and like they then they put you in like a higher, yeah. One so like all right, totally you, put, sure. you, you you put your time in. Yeah, you've you can now like move up, and if you're good, up there, then you won't come back. I don't know. Hmm. It's fascinating. It is. Yeah. Um, we've got Hinduism, somewhat similar. Um, there is described in Hindu scriptures as two planes of existence that can be likened to heaven and hell, which is uh, Savarga and Naraka again neither permanent both intermediary planes of existence um in which the atman which is the hindu word for soul or spirit might Mm. exhaust a portion of its karmic debt or surplus before taking physical birth once again so again you're trying to get out of that cycle um and then we've got jainism where they kind of describe the shape of the universe as like almost similar to a human form standing upright if you Mm. look at the picture of it yeah kind of cool so the diva loka or the heavens is kind of at the symbolic like chest of the figure where all the souls with good karma are chilling and then in jainism there's not one heavenly abode but several layers to reward appropriately the souls of varying degree of karmic merits Hmm. um so more layers and then again naraka for hell similar to buddhist belief with it being temporary um which again, temporary but lasting billions of years, so not right. super temporary. Um, and the hells are situated in the seven grounds at the lower part of the universe, and they also have what are called hellish beings in them, that a type of soul which re- resides in them. Some of hmm. these are born in hells by sudden manifestation, and they possess this kind of body that can transform into different shapes, and 
there's various reasons for why you could be reborn in hell, which is uh, killing or causing pain with intense passion, excessive attachment to things and worldly pleasures with constantly indulging in cruel and violent acts, and living a vowless and unrestrained life. Hmm. Like, those first two seem hard to do, but that last one seems kind of easy. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going Just, to hell. You're going to hell. Yes. You're going to be billions of years in Naraka. It's going to be bad. <sighs> Not looking forward to it. No. No. I'm very sorry for you, but I'll be there too, so it'll be fine. Um, Yeah. In uh, Seek Thought, Heaven and Hell, like we you mentioned before, are not places for living hereafter necessarily, but they are part of our spiritual top- topography and do not exist otherwise. So kind of hmm. referring to either good or evil stages of life and are lived during our earthly existence. Interesting. Um, yeah, a quote from Guru Arjan, who is one of the first two gurus martyred in the Sikh faith, said, quote, so many are being drowned in emotional attachment and doubt, they dwell in the most horrible hell. Jesus. So, hell is here so on like- earth. I was gonna say, we're all they, that. It's that famous phrase, like everybody's living their own hell. Yeah, living it right Interesting. now. Interesting, living it right now. Yep. Again, in some ways, but also not. I shouldn't yes, say that. Exactly. I should not say that. The United States is, is living good. its own hell right now. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, kind of pivoting totally, the Nahua Nahua people, sure. a, a group of indigenous people of Mexico and El Salvador, primarily. Uh, also cool. some other places um such as the aztecs the chichimex and the toltecs believed mm-hmm. that the heavens were constructed and separated into 13 levels um which each one had either one or many lords living in and ruling them hmm. so it's kind of cool i didn't find a whole ton about that in particular but i just thought it was cool to throw in there right um and then we've got Zoroastrianism, which you mentioned yeah. briefly before. Um, I didn't know much about this at all. This is one of the world's oldest continuously practiced religions. Yep. That is centered on a dualistic cosmology of good and evil. Um, it is based on the teachings of Iranian-speaking spiritual leader Zoroaster. And yep. they believe that um, their supreme being is a deity called Ahura Mazda, which means mm-hmm. wise lord. Fucking crazy. Um, Isn't that wild? Yeah. Some features of Zoroastrianism, like judgment after death, heaven and hell, free will, all of these may have influenced many other religions, such as Second Temple Judaism, Greek philosophy, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, etc. Yeah. It's like crazy. Kind of, because the, you know, the Middle West, Middle West. The Middle East. Um, <laughs> the Middle West. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Midwest. Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No. Um, uh, was kind of like a crossroads of the world, you know? Like, yeah. I was just I was just reading about how in Afghanistan they used to speak Greek because of um, Alexander the Great and how oh, he, wow. Alexander, Alexander the Great conquered all the way to India. So it's crazy how a religion like Zoroastrianism could travel all the way to china parts of africa europe and therefore then spread to the rest of the world through christianity and i i I think we kind of like don't give zoroastrianism enough credit for kind of being like the og that spawned like all of the abrahamic religions as well as like major influence on like so many other world religions it's crazy yeah it all goes back to zoroaster and ahura mazda 
Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, they believed that um, when a person dies, his or her spirit leaves the body but remains in its vicinity for three days. Kind of sad, experiencing temporary anxiety and distress caused by the sudden separation. That it tracks, really though. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I, like, kind of wondered what the implication there was of, like, the spirit staying around the body for a few days. Right. Um, I feel like I didn't get into it too much, but I thought I read that it was this religion that believed that there was, like, some type of evil that would enter the body during that time where the soul wasn't there anymore. And it was like really bad for you to touch the body of anybody recently dead because it was still in there. I yeah, think I know what you're talking about. I th- yeah. I would have, I would have said that that was Judaism, but now I don't think that that's correct. No, I like wish I had written it down. Cause I remember reading it with one of these religions and I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. But then I was like, well, it doesn't really mesh with like the heaven and hell thing. Cause like I'm getting down a rabbit hole now. So I didn't fucking put it down, but <laughs> Anyways, um, they also believe that you have a bridge that you must cross. So on the third night of your separation from your body, you your soul enters the spiritual world led by an angel called Dana, who... <laughs> Diana? Dana? <laughs> Dana Scully. Um, <laughs> right. We'll say Diana, um, uh. who symbolically represents the conscience. And then your soul stands before the Chinavat Bridge. So... Traditionally, if a soul's good deeds outweigh the bad, it is met by a beautiful woman, which is actually an embodiment of your life on earth. Hmm. And the bridge is broad and you're able to cross it. But if not, the bridge again becomes too narrow and the soul encounters an ugly hag and it falls into hell. So, and then your soul stays in whichever abode it goes to until the end of the current cycle of time when... There will be a judgment day when God revives all the dead souls and reviews their actions. Wow. So God's just a big old boss doing that's that. A, but yeah. like, that's a lot of clerical work. <laughs> exactly. Like you're literally just going soul by soul and checking an inventory of the most like mundane details of their life. Yeah. Like, okay, so you lied to somebody on like Tuesday the 31st and then Monday the 1st. Like that doesn't seem like a tat. Like I feel like God should outsource that. He should... uh an effective leader delegates. So I feel like God should delegate that duty. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot. It seems like a whole lot. And I don't know, I guess in this, so in this particular thing, so obviously there are religions we've talked about where you are not going to just one place, but you're cycling through realms and you're like potentially doing better and better each time or whatever. But in this particular instance, like you go to this bridge, if it's decided that you were shitty in your life and you fall into hell, then mm-hmm. like is anything going to change in between that and judgment day like are you gonna like are you gonna have good behavior in hell and they're like you know what you can <laughs> actually go to heaven like i don't know is there a chance for you at that point if you've been or the other way around if you've if you were sent to heaven and then judgment day comes is there a chance that you're not staying up there i don't know right they're like oh actually so when you when you were when you were alive 2000 years ago this wasn't a sin but now yeah we've uh we've changed some of our policies and you've actually committed a grave sin yeah this is real bad i don't know hmm. i'm very i have a lot of questions about a lot of religions yeah I mean, like <laughs> don't, genuine curiosity don't, don't we all yeah don't we all want to know some shit um so yeah i thought that was kind of cool and again that i don't know exactly but perhaps like that bridge concept was borrowed from zoroastrianism mm-hmm. and judgment day like all of that it would make sense. Um, 
We've got some Polynesian mythology. They have some creation myths where there's some various concepts of the heavens and the underworld. Um, A lot of these differ from one island to another, but they often view the universe as like an egg or a coconut that is divided between the world of humans, which is the earth, um, the upper world of the heavenly gods, and the underworld. Hmm. Again, I didn't get too deep into that, but I like the idea of the world as coconut. Yeah, Down that's with that. very charming. Kind of like the Native American idea of how the earth is being carried on the back of a turtle. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. Big fan. Hmm. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, And then we've got uh, Theosophy, which we talked about yeah. before. Oh, yeah. Helen Blavatsky. Yes. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that in the reincarnation episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's believed that each religion has its own individual heaven in various regions of the upper astral plane. So this hmm. place where they're located is called Summerland, which is also a thing in the Wiccan religion, I believe, Summerland. <clears throat> yeah. Um, But theosophists believe that the soul is recalled back to Earth after an average of about 1,400 years by the Lords of Karma to incarnate again. Lords of Karma is a great band name. Yeah, it is great. Um. And then the final heaven that souls go to billions of years in the future after they finish their cycle of incarnations is called Devachan. So, hmm. yeah. And then Devachan. that's pretty much all I had for religions. I have a couple various critiques, small ones from people, but did mm. you have any other religions that you were into? <clears throat> um, I mean, we pretty much covered all of them. There's the idea of um, Shababa from it's like the um aztec if anybody's ever seen the movie the fountain the darren aronofsky film oh, yeah there's a whole subplot of um all right it's not even a subplot i think it's like the plot of the movie but shibalba is uh you know it's considered to be sort of like the afterlife of the i think it's the aztecs and it's a it's a it's a star system where it's a it's a galaxy like you, if you have a telescope, you can go see Shibalba. And so they looked up and they were like, yeah, heaven's up there, but it's like, it's right, it's right there. Like that's Shibalba. You can see it oh, with wow. your, with like the naked eye. I thought that was interesting because a few of these religions, you know, most of it is kind of vague. You know what I mean? Like Christianity, like heaven is above, but like now that we have like telescopes and shit, it's like, okay, yes, it's above, but like where? Right. And then like there was one of these i should have taken the note but there was one of these where it was just like the heaven was just like on like a a relatively inaccessible mountain that was just like kind of like around the corner and so it's like like you could get there but it was like hard to get there yeah so it's like it's kind of like mount olympus in greece where it's like oh yeah the gods live there like on that mountain over there and it's like i mean like we could like we could hike that right now like do you want to go see the gods like we can do it yeah i thought that was interesting people who were like you know grounding heaven and hell in like a a physical reality yeah i like that too i like well it's true i mean in a lot of like the more physical depictions of heaven within christianity there is often like you kind of like even if you think about it now i think just from being raised in the in Catholic schools and things like that, you kind of think of like the typical, oh, like heaven, like God's sitting up there, like on a cloud, which does right. make you think, oh, it's just like right there. Like we see the clouds 
and that's just heaven on the other side of them. Um, right. Which, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff, it's like the idea of these things came about before science developed more, and then you're like, okay, well, yeah, where is it exactly? Like, is it more of a mental state rather than a physical place to go? Or, like, do you go there? Can we just not... Is it right up there? We just can't see it? Like, right. there's a lot of interesting questions that maybe some of these religions haven't really fully answered like there are some religions where it's a little bit less clear on what exactly they mean when they say something just you kind of just get the gist of it right um which i don't know interesting hmm. yeah yeah but that's yeah. all i got though yeah well there is a, a book uh inside the neolithic mind consciousness cosmos and the realm of the gods which is from 2005 a cognitive archaeologist study of neolithic religious beliefs in europe so these mm. archaeologists david lewis williams and david pierce argue that many cultures around the world and through history neurally perceive a tiered structure of heaven along with yeah. similarly structured circles of hell so they felt that the reports match so similarly across time and space that they argue for a neuroscientific explanation accepting right. these percepts as real neural activations which is kind of a crazy concept makes a lot of sense like when you start to look at like all these disparate religions that have um you know if not exactly the same like similar conceptions of just like the physical layout of heaven and hell it does speak to either either there's a sort of primordial religion that all humans shared before we spread out of africa that we kind of living in our in our society or whatever we like came up with a religion and that has mutated into the different religions on earth today or that it's just something sort of innate in the human brain that first of all has to create a heaven and a hell or like an afterlife and then not only does the human brain like feel the need to create this to make themselves feel better about their death but also like there's an inherent structure that our brains find either pleasing or logical and I don't know, both those both those ideas are fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, they are. And I I don't know, I have to say, I talked about it in the reincarnation episode, but the idea of reincarnation for me is way more comforting, I think, than the idea that there is just like two places that you go and that's I agree. it. Like, it's either good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of going on that, there, so there, obviously there's a lot of criticism of the idea of heaven and hell um even within mm -hmm. catholicism within christianity within all kinds of religions um right with people like sam harris who's an american author philosopher neuroscientist um and a known critic of religions who said quote the problem with this linkage between religion and morality is that it gives people bad reasons to help other human beings when there are good reasons available mm -hmm. um kind of i guess partly how i feel about it like that i sort of liked that idea of reincarnation where it's like you're spending multiple lifetimes essentially learning how to be good and how to do good and how to feel empathy for people right. and understand them. Whereas I think at least the more cut and dry versions of heaven and hell where it's like, you've got this one lifetime and whenever you die, you're going to one of the two places. Right. Feels, I don't know, like that seems like not enough time for, Obviously, being some exceptions, I guess, like, you know, if you murdered a bunch of people. Right. 
maybe one could think that like even if you lived many more lifetimes that might (laughs) that evil might not like dilute itself out yeah hitler's going to hell yeah like there are some people i think are more obvious but there's a lot of like average people where depending on the religion and the their interpretation of sin you may technically qualify for hell but if you had more time to kind of experience life well that maybe you would it's such a fraught concept too like if you were you know if you're the idea of like testing the soul to see if it should go to heaven or hell well what if you take that soul and like how is it fair to test one soul by putting it in the body of like some rich kid who grows up in the united states versus some like you know kid who lives some awful deprived existence where they're abused or whatever and then they grow up to be also abusive because like you, you know what i mean like mm. the the disparate lives a soul could live like i don't feel like that's a fair test i feel like it's yeah very like very situational and it's like oh like it's not about which soul is better it's about which soul has the better like circumstances it's born into yeah i mean to some extent there's obviously going to be you know bad people who are just inherently bad but i don't know yeah that like that could spawn a whole other episode of the idea of like is evil Mm. born or is it bred nature versus nurture yeah which is kind of fascinating but yeah i mean like if you i mean that to me is why like the idea of multiple lives like tracks a little bit better with me because it's like okay you could be born into all kinds of different circumstances throughout all those lives and kind of seeing this collective view on like okay how did you handle this very privileged life how did you handle this not privileged life like how did you handle being abused average them all out like yeah average them out hmm yeah that would make a lot more sense to me like wouldn't that make some sense as to like you know we see it all the time that there are two very different people who obviously grew up in different families but had very similar levels of like abuse and neglect and you know Mm -hmm. some of them turn out to be the type of people who will do everything they can to make sure nobody feels that way ever again and then there's the kind of people who feel like if i felt this pain then everybody else has to as well Right. And exactly. that's not a difference in their upbringing. They were both abused in similar ways. They were both neglected. They both didn't get the love that they should have, but they turned out very different. And, you know, you have to wonder, like, if you're to believe in something like reincarnation, is that person who took that abuse and turned it into, like, I will make sure no one feels that? Is that because right. they lived more past lives and they've learned Mm -hmm. more essentially and maybe that other person is newer to their cycles and they haven't learned as much and they're just like well i'm gonna hurt people too that would make Um, a whole lot of sense that's crazy Hmm. i don't know so yeah i i'm fascinated by the concept of heaven and hell and i love reading about the different versions but i don't know that i have ever been able to subscribe to it as a belief just in part selfishly i don't want there just to be two places that you go even though heaven sounds like it's probably kind of dope yeah but then again like you know the a lot of at least the christian descriptions of heaven is you're just like basically you spend the rest of eternity like worshiping god on his throne Mm. yeah which like it's supposed to be like the greatest thing and it's like not like if anything like the islamic concept of paradise sounds a lot better like you just get to live like this sick life where every possible thing you could ever want is like materializes in front of you. You need to be with all of your loved ones and yeah, living in like a, a, a golden palace. Sounds pretty dope. Yeah. There's just like banquets every day and you're just hanging out with everybody and you've got like 
nowhere else to be. You're just, I don't know. It's like a beautiful yeah. day every day. Right. Instead of That'd just cool. like, yo, I, I, I get to like worship a white bearded man for the rest of eternity because, <laughs> because, like, because he said so. <laughs> because, because he said so. Yeah. I'm not worshiping any white man. No. Ever. So, I don't know. That, it definitely, yeah, very interesting, but I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't totally jive with me. It's nope. fair enough, listeners, if it does for you. And I think yeah. if it does, we would love to hear, um, yeah, I don't know. What what does your particular religion feel about heaven and hell? What do you feel about heaven and hell? And um, I don't know. What do you imagine heaven to look like? Right. Yeah. And hell, too. Just, I don't know. Do you think hell's hot or cold? <laughs> right. I think it's cold. Yeah, I think it would definitely be worse. I've always like thought, you know, the idea of hell was always like, eh, okay. Like, yeah, that doesn't sound fun, but like it doesn't sound like, oh shit, like I'm going to do anything I can not to be there. But now that I think right. that it might be a blizzard, I'm like, oh. No. I got I got to rethink. Start things. going to church. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be turning my life around. Um Yeah, that sounds way worse. I don't not that like the idea of being like in hellfire was okay for me, but Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, like we're all going to be down there i'm like picturing the like little like robot demon from futurama i'm like this isn't gonna be that bad (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be fine the robot devil (laughs) yeah you you know what i'm talking about (laughs) oh yeah oh it'd be kind of fun it would be kind of fun there's probably gonna be a lot of cool people in hell so like some truly evil people but also some cool people for sure i mean to quote mark twain go to heaven for the climate and hell for the company exactly it's gonna be fine so i don't know <laughs> there was also like some stupid quote that like reminds me of something that somebody would like like a, a boomer would have printed on a thing and like hang in their kitchen or something and it was like the fact that there's a stairway to heaven and a highway to hell like says a lot about anticipated traffic numbers yes exactly <laughs> like all right uh, yep. that's something <laughs> that's that like, like right somebody to, like there. the 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 live laugh love yeah like thing is hanging next to that quote that's like screened under the wall exactly yeah but you know also true (laughs) it's probably more people going to hell i don't know we're interested listeners to hear what your views are on both of these things and how do your personal beliefs match up with the religion that you subscribe to or maybe you don't subscribe to your religion just what do you feel about heaven and hell right you want to know let us know yeah let us know and check us on Instagram, Unknowable Podcast. Check us on, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Patreon? Yeah, Patreon. Jesus. Check us on Patreon and uh, see what's up. You can also, one of our more recent Instagram posts, we talk about the stickers that we still have. Some of our mm-hmm. super cool holographic stickers. So hit us up if you want one. And um, yeah, it was episode 59. Whoa. Whoa. Stay tuned for part three. Coming. Of this series. What, two weeks? <laughs> yeah, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's the one. Jesus. Yeah. Gray's just staring off into the distance, like, what is time? Uh, wait a second. What is time? Time is an illusion. Time is a flat what? circle. Yeah. What is reality? Yeah. As long as it's a flat circle, not a flat earth. Ayo. I meant when Follow I said earth. flat earthers. Yeah. Donut earth. Donut earth. Yes. Earth is shaped like a donut. Yeah. It's like a nice, airy donut. Mm-hmm. Except inside that air is a hell where you eat dusty, dry dust. And your 
family members have to pour 40s of Colt 45 down a clay tube onto your corpse's face. <laughs> I, would, I would rather have the dry dust. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like I like I like a good 40 of Colt 45 every once in a while. If I was really thirsty. Yeah. I had a mouthful oh, of Imagine dust. drinking beer when you're thirsty. <laughs> what an no. awful existence. No. That is something I've never related to. No. God. Like in any context, but especially like, oh, I'm like really thirsty. I want to drink some cold piss right now. Yes. Well, <laughs> back in the day you couldn't drink fresh water. So That's everybody true. every liquid that you drank your whole life was lightly alcoholic. Oh yeah. We talked about that in the dancing plague episode. We were just like everybody mm-hmm. was just drunk. Yeah, drunk and like upset because they just feel like they're dying, and they probably yeah. are dying. They, yeah, they they were, yeah. they were dying. Some of them were dying while they were dancing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> we've delved into multiple other episodes now. Uh, several people turned off the episode before they heard any of that because we were like, "Here's episode fifty nine," and they were like, "Okay, yep. bye, get out of here, <laughs> see ya." Anybody All still right. listening? You are you are a diehard unknowable fan, and we appreciate yeah. you. We appreciate you a lot. Um, but yeah, this was part two of three. Stay tuned. This was episode 59 of Unknowable. Unknowable. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>